Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell, and I am here today with a special episode. We are devoid of Peyton Jones, and uh, the reason for that is, uh, one, he left me high and dry. No, actually, that's not true. Uh, Two, we do have uh, his intern, Ben Bisco, and uh, Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, you got mini-me this week, I'm afraid. The minor version. <laughs> the minor version. Yeah, but you are better looking, so it all works out in the end. Um, <laughs> but hey, man, as as we get started on this this episode, and Peyton kind of wanted to do this one or have us do this one because of, uh, you know, we, we talked about having interns and how to train an intern and thing like things like that. And that was his, his primary reason for wanting to have you on. Uh, without him so that way you could just you know say everything that that comes to your mind and uh, even though you are truthful obviously with Peyton uh, there's that less of that barrier of having uh, the teacher in the room if you will Um, so as we get started though why don't you go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about your story uh, where you're from in the world because you're not from the states and uh, also how you came to faith yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, so Peyton, inadvertently, has got a lot to do with that. Bless his heart. Um, I had a very privileged upbringing, which is quite ironic because I ended up in Orange County around a lot of people that have the same story. So, hey, God's in everything, right? Wherever you end up, he's going to speak into that. I um, Both my parents were pastors as I was growing up, um, and I tried to spent my whole youth trying to kick the status quo of being what we call a vicar's son in the UK. It's the mm. equivalent of pastor. Um, so 
when I was 18, I instead of going straight to college, I took an apprenticeship at an outdoor centre in Wales. I, I grew up in Oxford, which is quite a to-do area. And then I ended up in South Wales, which is very working class, very spit and sawdust kind of environment. Um, I was there for two years. And during my time there, I ended up at the church plant out of a Starbucks, which is Peyton's first church plant mm. um, called Pillar. And I had a funny interaction there, which involves everybody that's involved in this, in my in my internship really with Peyton and Barry Peyton had this rule where they didn't want any Christians joining the church partly because they didn't want to poach any Christians from any other churches but also because they wanted to have a move of the spirit in that place that was authentic and wasn't going to be interrupted by anybody that had been broken from other churches um so I end up at this church that's planted out of a Starbucks that I found on a website during I was 18 in South Wales in a new town, didn't know anybody. Turn up on the Sunday morning and um, Barry comes up to me after the service. Obviously, he's the most inquisitive fellow on the planet, wants to find out everything about everyone. <laughs> um, and he's asking me like my story and stuff, ends up finding out that my parents are vicars. And then he takes me straight to Peyton and he's like, hey, this guy's a Christian. Are we going to let him stay? And I'm like, um, what? What do you mean? Because like, <laughs> I didn't know about this rule that they don't want any Christians in the, joining the church. And then Peyton just straight up comes with, um, are you saved? And I'm like, well, what does that mean? And they both look at each other and laugh. It says, okay, you can stay. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So when I was 18, when that's when I really started like, seeking God for myself rather than walking in my parents' shadow. Um, and that's when my faith really came alive. Like people at, um, people at work were saying to me, you're like a Christian fanatic, aren't you? I was like, yeah, I'll be a Christian fanatic. Come on. <laughs> so that's, um, that's part of my testimony. And that's what linked me to the church in Long Beach, which I'm out here interning with now, because that was Peyton's next church plant when he came back to the States after being in Wales. He planted the church in Long Beach, which I came to visit when my friend Barry was interning here um, and just got completely broken for Long Beach and has been on my heart since 2014 to come out here. And I finally got out here in January this year. So <laughs> it's wow. been a journey. That's mm. awesome, man. That's awesome. By the way, how long do you get to stay out? Like how, how long do the visas last when you uh, when you come out here? Come on, this is a great prayer point. Um, so get the divine timing on this. My, I got an extended visitor's visa, which ran out on the 3rd of July. So I had to submit. So I'm applying for a religious workers visa. Um, I had to submit that before the 3rd of July. So as of the 4th of July, I was officially staying on a pending religious workers visa. So everybody was celebrating independence and I was celebrating my independence. Um, so I get the decision on that latest, the 1st of August. So I'm in like this limbo place where I haven't got my next visa granted, but my legal status is pending visa. So if I get granted this religious workers visa, which is for Refuge Long Beach... That's for five years. So I'll be oh, wow. f fully in with Long Beach for five years. So <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so that's that's definitely a prayer point <laughs> for mm. sure. <laughs> I've been trying to get out here for five years, and then I'll be here for five years if the door opens. So it's amazing. That's great. That's great. 
So, uh, so since you're a, you're a, a Vickers kid, as you put it, and, and, uh, as you've heard on the podcast, I'm a, a pastor's kid as well. Uh, tell me about your, your upbringing. What was it like, you know, in your family growing up with, uh, you know, parents like that, you know, tell me, tell me your story. Cause that's obviously the most curious thing for me because, you know, I grew up similarly. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of amazing that bond that we have. Like when I go to like festivals and Christian festivals and conferences, you kind of know who were the vicar's children just by the way that they interact with the congregation. And yeah, we've just got this link with those people. So in the UK, my parents lead an Anglican church. Um, it's not such a form like a high church Anglican church. It's it's they. Their class is what they call pioneer ministers, which was a blessing because if mum and dad had been walking around on a Sunday in robes, I think I would have been absolutely mortified. Right. So they don't wear robes and dog collars and all that stuff. Um, although they can because they're ordained in the same um, denomination. But yeah, especially in the UK where, you know, here it's not strange to go to church like people just expect you to say yeah i'm a christian i go to church and it's whether they actually are genuinely a christian or not you don't get shunned for that but in the uk if you stand up for your faith and you say yeah i'm a christian i follow jesus like you're completely ostracized straight away because the, their concept of church in the uk is just so warped mm. um because there's not very many real churches the churches there are just ritualistic religious generally um so that was a real challenge for me especially like the high school age you know where everybody's trying to find their hierarchy in life and you don't want to be different from everybody i was completely different i was the weirdo in the year you know nobody wanted to be nobody wanted to hang around with a vicar's kid or whatnot so i went completely the other way and just went uber jock mega sporty wanted to be like the class clown, total idiot all the time to try and buck that status quo. So that didn't do me any favors, really. Yeah. No, I can understand that. I can totally relate. What do your, what does your family think about what you're doing now out here in Long <laughs> Beach? And I mean, because it's, it is so different than what you grew up in, too. Yeah. So they've never been out here. And the irony of that is they're coming out at the end of the month on their way to Australia. They're going to be with me for three nights. So um, I'm going to take them to Long Beach and just show them what I've been living, really. <laughs> so what a question as well. Um, I mean, I try and convey like what I'm doing and I send newsletters and stuff to my supporters because I'm on missionary support here. Um, but, you know, unless you actually come out and see it for your own eyes, it's so hard to explain the situation you're in. I mean, it's been a six-month learning curve for me just at the start. You know, I've never been, like, on full-time missionary support before. I've never been set apart for ministry full-time before. I've planted house churches. I've been part of church plants. I've been part of missional communities. But for me to be set apart without a team, oh, my goodness, everything that comes with that has been, like, a six-month steep learning curve. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, so tell me what is your internship like at, 
you know, with because you work with Peyton, you work with Refuge Long Beach, and Peyton's not actively at Refuge Long Beach. So yeah. tell us what your internship looks like, uh, just as a whole to start with. Yeah, so I kind of got to write my own internship, really, which is a blessing. Um, so I came out here to be mentored by Peyton, um, as well as kind of walking a new season with Rescue to Long Beach. They're a six-year-old church plant that's kind of not got out the diaper stage quite yet. So this next season, we really feel like they're going to, they, we, Refuge Long Beach are going to like go come out the toddler stage and start to like, they're looking at things at getting their permanent location um, and setting up systems and just building a church structure to facilitate more growth. So that's really my heart for Refuge Long Beach. But the thing that draws me to them is just they're a real church. Like when I was part of Pillar in Wales, Peyton's first church plant, I just got wrecked for what genuine authentic church is. Mm. Um, and I spent five years trying to replicate that myself, failing miserably every time because if you try and take the reins from God, it doesn't go well, right? So, um, yeah, I finally got out here. And then I meet with Peyton at least once a week. I go down to Carlsbad to spend the day with him, just to shadow him, just to see what he does, learn his work rhythms. And he just drops like golden nuggets on me all the time, wisdom bombs left, right, and center. So, yeah, every time I come away from a day with Peyton, my mind is absolutely saturated and I'm emotionally exhausted. But I am just like, it's so worth the journey every time. There's just something divine that happens every time when we meet that gets imparted to me that is is building me up um, little by little. So, yeah, I get at least a day with Peyton a week. Um, and then for Refuge Long Beach, everybody's bivocational. So although I'm doing odd jobs here, there for like the magazine and for um, – the ministry ninja website and the church mm. planter magazine i am um, my sole focus when i'm here is to be the be the appendices for refuge long beach whatever form that takes so sometimes i could be printing off song words next thing i can be trying to fix the truck that pulls the trailer um i'm just the general dog's body whipping boy so <laughs> anything nice. and everything is get thrown my way at refuge long beach which is why I'm here, you know. I'm here to here to carry some stuff. There. What would you say has been some of your biggest uh, <clears throat> man? How do I word this? Your 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 most shocking moments, or your most like, oh, okay, this is what I got to do. Like when you first got here, obviously, it's a world apart from where you came from. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a different type of ministry than what most people are used to. Though you'd seen, uh, you know, part of it, their pillar. Um, what were some of the big like shocks that you had when you first came and started your internship? Just the cultural thing, really. Like one of the famous Churchill quotes that I quote nearly every day to people is like, we're two nations separated by a common language. And although I speak English and you speak English, we don't speak English the same English. So, right. um, bless my friends they're constantly correcting me on stuff and teaching me stuff you know the old 
English American cliches like sidewalk, we call pathways and all that stuff. Just daily, like speaking a different language. And I've had a few scary times, like as I live in this um, ministry house that's owned by the the mother church of Refuge Long Beach, which is called Refuge Huntingdon. Um, and I live with 12 guys in a house that's owned by them. Um, I actually share a room with uh, Reuben Young, who's one of the pastors at Refuge Long Beach. Bless his heart. He, um, When I came out here, he offered to host me. Um, and when I told him that I'm staying for six months, his eyes just like lit up like, what? He didn't know because I was living at his house in San Pedro when I first got out here for a month on his sofa. And then five months down the line, he gives up his apartment in San Pedro and moves actually into my room. So we get to wake up looking at each other every day. So that's quite fun. <laughs> um, the other, the scariest part that happened, like culturally, was uh, one of the guys in our house is on probation, just got out of jail. So he's got like, do you call it a bondsman? What's the guy that like is your mediator between you and the courts usually it's the parole officer Um, the bondsman is when you haven't gone to jail yet and i heard all this kerfuffle going on at the front door um and i walk up to um i walk into the back of the house and i just shout to the front door don't shoot don't shoot like what i hear on the movies walk down the corridor and at the front door my friends get in like handcuffed and searched and there's bondsmen with guns and I'm just like whoa and they're just straight away what did you say like I'm so sorry and they just like escorted me into the lounge and sat me down and I was just like shaking (laughs) oh man welcome to America for sure (laughs) yeah that was a cultural experience for sure (laughs) Oh my gosh, man. I've never had that experience. Oh Mm. man. Mm. That's crazy. Crazy. So there's 12 people in this house. Mm. Yeah, that'll be fun. Just, uh, it's almost like you're back in, in, uh, college in the dorms. I mean, (laughs) yeah, literally. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's crazy. So, um, what, what would you say has been, uh, like, uh, your your biggest learning moments of like or or you just felt like wow this is this is what i was called to do this is mm. i'm i'm so glad i'm here i'm so glad i'm doing this cuz i can just imagine over 6 months of doing this you've got the highs and the lows just like anyone else does in life uh you know mm. good times and bad but would have been some of those times where you're like <clears throat> yeah this is this is why i'm here mm. yeah yeah like at the beginning you know what does it look like to people in the UK? Oh, Ben's going out to Southern California to be a missionary and everybody in the UK is thinking, oh, that's going to be so tough, you know, being in Southern California because everybody thinks of Hollywood and all this Gucci stuff. Um, but in reality, you know, I'm rolling with guys like um, Miguel, the one-armed um, guy mm. from MS-13, taking him home to Long Beach and I'm dropping him off in Long Beach and people pulling up next to me with their eyes rolled in the back of their head saying, do I need help? And when I see Miguel's face light up, like this is dangerous, I'm like, I need to get out of here. So, um, sorry, just run that by me again. I went on a rabbit trail. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's fine. Because I, I know Miguel, he's an incredible artist, man. I mean, just mm. some of his paintings are crazy. And then when you're like, 
like I remember asking him, I'm like, how'd you lose your arm? And he tells you the story of that. It's like, okay, MS 13, uh, lost your arm yet. Mm. Incredible artist. And, uh, and now, uh, serving God, I mean, finding his way with God and serving him. I mean, that's, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool with that. I was just curious, you know, what are, what are some of the experiences that you've had where you're like, this is, this is why I'm here. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning, like I was, I was getting daily confirmation, like getting just overwhelmed in the spirit every day. Just like, okay, I'm so ready to be here. I'm so ready to lay everything down at the foot of the cross for whatever God's got for me here. Um, and one of the things that keeps playing back on my heart is, um, I've not worked like I'm such a grafter, which is like a hard worker at home. And I've been really proud over the years about how I, how much money I can earn and how, how hard I work. I love to work. And the irony of me being here on this visitor's visa, I'm not allowed to work here. I can't do any paid work. I have to rely solely on support from the UK, which has just been humbling from the beginning. And what's come out of that is these last six months, although I haven't worked like physically labored for a a single day, apart from the stuff I do online, um, I've been the wealthiest I've ever been. Mm. in like financially even though i haven't worked i've just felt the wealthiest like i haven't had the most money in my account but i've not needed the most money in the account because of generosity from the church and just the things that god's provided for me daily you know it's a daily provision and dependence on the father which is just so humbling experience wow man that's amazing that's amazing Mm. if you could uh look back at the last six months what would you have done differently? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was absolutely naive coming out here. I expected everything. Yeah, don't come out here with expectations. Don't go into anything with expectations, right? As a kingdom concept. Um, I would have totally done a lot more research. Like I'd been out here two or three times before. I knew a few people, so I thought because I knew a few, few people and had a few contacts, that that in my mind made me think, oh yeah, I've done some preparation. I hadn't done any preparation. I literally gave away all my stuff, gave up my house, gave up my job, got on a flight, and then I got here and I was just like, the first month I was living at Ruben's house in San Pedro, I was just like, right, what is my plan? What am I gonna do? <laughs> And Peyton, uh, like the timing on it as well, Peyton was in Wales for three weeks on on the retreat. Um, so he was shut away just on like a recovery between his time in Nam and his next season with the next church plant. So I'm just in this place where I've come out to say I'm going to serve this church in Long Beach, which I barely know anything about. I barely knew anything about Chris Langham. Like my contact here was, I knew, I knew Ruben and I'd met Chris. But my the guy that I really knew was Peyton, and and he wasn't there, so it was like, okay, God, this is divine setup. Like, I really need to dig into this new community and figure out how I fit in. Um, and that's been a six month process, really, of trying to work out. Like, and I guess they were figuring out me. Right. <laughs> Definitely, they were figuring out me because I know a lot of people flit in and out of these these grassroots church plants it's a journey it's a struggle like every gathering there's something weird that happens that you have to put in 
a shift to make work. Um, and like I drive the church trailer to Refuge Long Beach every week. And without fail, every week there's something weird that happens with that vehicle. There's just some some resistance on that. So every time I get in that, I'm just praying my socks off because I'm like, <laughs> and I really feel the spirit when I'm in there because I'm just like, this is all yours. I'm I've got the church on my back right now. If you don't want the church to happen, then don't let it happen. We'll just go and meet in the park and we'll just chew the fat together. Um, so like. I mean, it's going to be different for everybody with whatever intern they jump into. But just seeking God's face and being in his presence, like that first month when I felt so isolated in San Pedro, God just literally shut me away and was like, okay, you're just going to be with me for this month. Like we're never alone. Um, Mm. So dependency um, and my word my word when I came out here was surrender. Everything was about surrender, surrender, surrender. I just kept hearing that all the time. Um, and I always want to be in that place of surrender because nothing's mine. Everything's a gift. And I'm grateful for everything I'm provide, that God provides me with. So, yeah, just seek God in everything, <laughs> like the old cliche, right? <laughs> it's all his. Give it to him. Right, right. Huh. So tell me, looking back on it, what do you wish you would have had differently from leaders, uh, you know, whether it be at the church or even with Peyton? And the reason why I ask this is, you know, a lot of our audience are going to be church planners and uh, they might have interns and they need to know, like, what should they be providing to their interns? Um, what advice would you give to them, you know? As a, as someone who is an intern, is the the whipping boy as you've described yourself from from time to time. What what do you wish you'd had more of? What did you like that you got from you know Peyton or Chris or Ruben or anyone else there at the church? Uh, and and what do you wish you would have gotten? Yeah, what did you like, and what do you wish you would have gotten more of? Um, I really liked how welcoming everyone's been to me like this weirdo kid from England that barely anybody knows anything about just turns up and he's like, right, I'm here to help. And these are people in this community that have been together for six years and they've been on the front line for six years and the bond that that builds in people is massive. And I didn't really appreciate that at the time. I was just kind of like, hey, I'm here to help. Will you let me help? I was in this battle where I was like trying to convince people that I'm genuinely here to help. Um. So that was something from myself that I should have changed just to be a lot more accepting. And I think patient, I turned up and was like, day one, I want to do everything. It's like, it's not how this works in this place. So. But from, from the mentor side of things is time. Time is invaluable. And the more time that you as a mentor invest in your mentees, the more value they feel and the more fruit is going to come of that. So, Peyton's like the, one of the busiest guys on the planet. He's just got meetings coming out of his ear holes. And sometimes I go to meet with him. And he's like, sorry, mate, it's going to be a boring day today. I've got this, this podcast. I'm going to be on this, this Skype call, blah, blah, blah. And he thinks it's going to be boring, but I'm just lit up because he's given me a, he's given me a window into his life. And it's like 
Timothy following Paul, you know, do you think everything that Paul did for Timothy, Paul didn't like go out of his way to do things for Timothy. He was just like, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So just follow everything that I'm doing. And then that's going to bring you closer to Jesus. So time is really important. And that's something that I need to seek out as well with my mentors, like Chris Langham again. He's running this app that 30,000 people a day are listening to. He's like absolutely worked to the bone, the poor fella. So, but I'm set apart to support him as well as him to support me. So it's like this relationship of, okay, I'm going to prioritize meeting with you, but please set aside some time for me because I need you to impart to me all the knowledge that you've got. Um, yeah. Hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Now, Peyton was mentioning on one of our last podcasts that some of what you do is you disciple uh, some of the people in the church. Um, tell us a little bit about that. What, what's your experience been doing that? And uh, was that stuff that you had to do uh, before or that you not that you had to do it, but that you did it uh, back home or you know, is discipling others kind of been a, a new thing for you? Yeah, I mean, the Matthew 28, um, make disciples that make disciples is, so when I did a presentation to my sending church, that was like my last, that was my parting verse with them. It was like, hey, this is what I'm going out to do, make disciples that make disciples. So part of my agenda when I came out here was to learn how Refuge Long Beach do discipleship because out of a church environment that is so unique and so authentic, you get really unique and authentic discipleship, which happens just through being in community in Refuge Long Beach. In the past, I've been like in, I was discipled through something called Huddles, Mike Breen's Three Dimensional Ministries. I was in a huddle for like two years. And the irony of that is since I was 11, 12, in my hometown, there'd always been some form of American missionary, and I was always in some form discipled by them from since I was 11. So huh. God's behind everything, right? You look back on the story of how everything lined up, and you just get like Holy Spirit slammed every time. Yeah, this is what you're set apart for. So my experience of discipleship in the Anglican church is quite bitty. Um, so none of these missionaries are part of the church that I grew up in. Um, and then even at Pillar, the discipleship was from communities of grace. So the house churches that meet in the week, that was discipleship because we'd be getting around these uber wise fellas that had all this knowledge. Sorry, is that me? Uh, tell Barry to knock it off. Quit calling you. Sorry. <laughs> but FaceTime on a FaceTime. I put it on do not disturb as well. No editing on the Chips Planted podcast. Never. Of course not. <laughs> um, yeah, so like discipleship is massive for me. And that's what Peyton does for me. And that's what Chris Langham does for me. And to have those two wise owls speaking into my life weekly, I'm just beyond blessed. Like they're just the most amazing teachers and most experienced ministers. Um, so even if I can be half the minister that they are in, 30 years time then that'll be a blessing to whoever ends up being under my wings at that time 
Awesome, man. Awesome. So, um, just to just to clarify, like when you do stuff with Peyton, you're you're one day a week when you drive down to Carlsbad. Is it pretty much just like you're you're shadowing him? You're just you know wherever he goes, you're going. He's doing a podcast or on the phone. You're just in his office, or is it like he's giving you tasks to do? What does that look like? Yeah, so literally that is it. Um, (laughs) He's very aware that he doesn't want to abuse me for admin, quote unquote. Um, So he's so cool about that. But actually, because I've got like a builder's heart, I'm very um, goal orientated. I'm always saying like, what can I do? What can I take off your plate? So he's gradually been drip feeding things onto me, like with the Ministry Ninja website. Um, although he's got an assistant that does a lot of that for him, I'm saying as well, like because through working with him, I'm learning from him. Mm. I'm I want to be saying like, hey, can I take some of this? Because I know that he's a pioneer visionary, and he wants to be pushing things forward. And I'm like, well, let me take this off your plate, so you can put more on your plate. Um, so in practicalities, it's different every week when I go down there, which is a joy because if I was going down there every week and like, okay, at nine o'clock we do this, at 11 o'clock we do this, like within a month I'd be like, okay, all right, I'll just do this over Skype because it's not worth the journey. Right. But a few like amazing things have happened. So one week, um, so I got to I got to stand in for the assistant for train the trainer for the North American Mission Board training that Peyton runs, um, and their assistant was ill, so I got to do three days of doing that. So I'd already seen a course through, and then a few weeks ago he I was it was my day to go down with him, and he just texted me some. He obviously had like a million things on his plate, so he texted me something saying. Yeah, come down. We've got TTT tomorrow, but come anyway. And I thought that was naively. I thought that was through the Word because he records some stuff for Chris Langham's Through the Word app. Right. So I was like, all right, I'll meet you. I'll go to his house because he's recording Through the Word. That's what that means. Anyway, I turn up at his house on time and he calls me. He's like, where are you? I'm like, well, I'm at your house. He's like, come to the Starbucks. I was like, all right, he's just getting breakfast. Turn up at the Starbucks. There's like 10 blokes around him sat in the Starbucks and I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Okay, Peyton's just hanging out with some guys like evangelizing or something. Sit down with all these guys and we and it turns out only halfway through this meeting I I figure out what's going on. Because he's got so much on his plate he doesn't even know what's going on. <laughs> it turns out he's doing a, a train the trainer lecture in a Starbucks for all these ministers from all around the country and one of them's Brad Briscoe. Okay. So I'm sitting I'm sat there, I'm like, I recognize this fella. I'm like, I've seen his picture somewhere. Where have I seen his picture? It must be the Church Planter magazine. Um, anyway, yeah, he's like, and then Peyton ends up introducing me to the, introducing me t- to him at the end, and I'm just a little bit starstruck, like, you're the Brad Brisker? <laughs> so um, that's just a classic day with Peyton. You never know what's going to come your way, even when you've driven an hour to get there. <laughs> that's so awesome, so, man. That is so cool. Mm. Well, awesome, man. Well, let me ask you. I'm sorry? I'm sorry? 
that's the joy of ministry you know you just got to roll with whatever's in front of you and like if you were if you're not on this adventure of faith like walking everything out in faith it ain't gonna happen you've got to lay it all down at the foot of the cross daily mm. yeah man absolutely let me let me ask you one final question what's the uh What's the the biggest takeaway or thing that you could leave our listeners with about either having interns or being an intern themselves if they're like thinking, hey, this might might be the thing for me to do? Um, what would be your your biggest advice or your biggest takeaway you'd want to leave them? Yeah, so for being an intern is back to that word surrender again. It's like don't go into an internship internship like i'm i'm 28 i did an apprenticeship when i was 18 i went into my apprenticeship when i was 18 with all these goals i'm going to achieve this this is all about me i'm going to take everything i can that's not a ministry internship ministry internship is the absolute opposite it's like okay god this is your thing do whatever you want to do with this thing i'm just here to be to be part of this story what whatever whatever part of the story i'm going to be that's the plan that you have for me. So it's all yours. And then from a mentor side of thing is um, this uh, discipleship principle of time, teaching and tactics. So investing time in your mentees is invaluable. I know that time is invaluable, but the time that you spend investing in somebody, that's a kingdom investment that's only going to multiply. So that's invaluable. The teaching like all any pastor like in second timothy like all elders are, are, taught, are called to be teachers um any pastor has got some wisdom some knowledge that they is on their heart to impart into their mentees so being strategic about that teaching and whatever you're going to teach your mentee is again something that you know is only going to be edified for the body and is only going to build up um, that trainee um, and then the tactics this is something that Peyton and I are just almost weekly reevaluating with everything that's going on in his life and and me coming out here just for my first six months trying to figure out how I fit into being mentored by Peyton and how I can serve Long Beach um, is the tactics of that like I just have to keep prioritizing Long Beach and keep prioritizing my internship because you know how life is things just build up and start to take time and start to take energy from you but at some point i just have to sit down and write chop cut all that off let's go back to the heart of why i'm here let's mm. use long beach first internship with peyton um which is always easier said than done <laughs> sure yeah well awesome man well ben i appreciate you uh taking the time to share with us i think you've given just some great insight that people can uh, really take away from this and and uh, bring it back to their church uh, if they're if they have interns if they're going to have interns or um, going to be an intern. I mean, I think one of the the great examples in Refuge Long Beach is <laughs> sometimes you feel because you're a small church, like even when it started and we had Barry as an intern, like. Well, I mean, not like it's that much bigger now, but you know what I mean? Like when it's brand new, you're like, oh, we need to be a little bit bigger, a little bit more established before we start having interns. 
and uh and you don't because when you're when you're going down that road that's actually the stuff that you want people to see and you want them to be able to duplicate it's that beginning stages it's that hunger and that thirst for the community and um and showing god's love to people so that's just uh it's 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 an awesome thing i'm really grateful to you for being out here and for doing that and and sharing the stuff so thanks so much ben i appreciate it pleasure cheers pete thanks for having me it's been really fun yeah no problem all right man thanks take care bye-bye Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music